Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. Welcome to the Developing Dads podcast on this wonderful Tuesday, yeah, Monday evening actually. We're a, we're a day late from uploading the podcast. It's episode number 65. Um, I'm sure we'll get into detail about why we're late um, in terms of Gordon's ailments. And yeah, just last week for me was really busy and we we actually decided to go for a meal instead of record a podcast, which was a nice thing and we can get into that catch up point. But I think it's been about two weeks since we last spoke because... I recorded a solo podcast myself, which was the first for me. And I don't know if you've done that before, Gordon, have you? Have you recorded a solo? No, absolutely not. Um, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> I've got nothing to say on it. Okay. It's, a bit, it's a bit weird, um, but I did a lot of prep, managed to, I think, record 35, 40 minutes. And like, uh, strangely, I'm getting more and more feedback now from people saying, great episode. I don't know if because I started it of like, I'm a bit nervous. It's the first time doing it. But yeah, there's been a few, like three or four people have reached out saying that was awesome. Mate, so. that's like, that, that's, you know, it, it keeps going back to the point that I think we've made previously about whatever this podcast is. You know, there's very unlikely are we going to get some monetary return from it. And often doing something that is outside of comfort zone that we feel awkward doing, anxious about, are people going to like it? You know, that usual rhetoric that runs through our minds. Sometimes it turns out to be the favourite one. Like it's done. Like when we so there's a little stats thing that I uh, I like to obsess over because I'm a bit weird like that. But basically, it shows us it's like a distribution platform that shows us you know how many downloads each of our episodes get. The past three weeks have been doing really well, so there are over thirty downloads per episode uh, each week, and we tend to get it's pretty consistent to be honest. There's, there's definitely about thirty people listening to the podcast each week, which is freaking <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> And um, your podcast itself, Neil, is the, over the past five episodes, past five weeks, is joint second. Nice. So there you go, yeah. joint second in terms of downloads. That's cool. No, And yeah, I, I, I think I'll probably do it again. I was, I was close to doing it yesterday, last night, but I was like, oh, I'd rather just Netflix and chill with Rebecca. So that's what we did. Yes. Anyway, it's been two weeks, Gordon. And let's not start with the, the downers, and I, I know we're going to end in the downers, but you've had a pretty phenomenal trip, which would be good to, to delve into and talk about. Can I can I not just talk about how sorry I feel for myself? Is that <laughs> appropriate? Or are you, you, you're going to make me go straight into the positive so that people well, don't get bored straight away? You can if you want. Uh, for okay, all, the, all those watching on YouTube, <laughs> Gordon looks a bit strange. Yeah, because I have viral conjunctivitis. And I have to add the viral bit because there is two types of conjunctivitis. There's bacterial, where people who have uh, contact lenses, you know, they touch their eyes and they get pink eye, basically. But also people who wash their arses and then uh, don't wash their hands and touch their eyes. But that's bacterial conjunctivitis. I have viral conjunctivitis because of my symptoms. And in effect, I think I got it from Olivia. And it's... uh, it's hell on earth. I'm not gonna lie. It's really bad. Like, I'm. I don't normally get that ill. This year, I've been more ill than I can remember for a little while, for various reasons. I think the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And then, but Olivia just picks up all sorts of crap from nursery, 
And this viral conjunctivitis is basically, it's attacked both of my eyes. So every time I wake up in the morning, they're stuck together. I literally have to like <laughs> push them apart. They're covered in pus. Uh, I'm bloodshot. I look like I've been, I've smoked a <laughs> giant doobie. Um, I have like really severe flu symptoms, like a sore throat, like sore joints. Like, you know, when you, know when you just want to sleep and you just want to lie in bed and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Basically, and I'm not like that. Like you know, like I'm, I'm gonna do stuff and work and whatever else. But I absolutely broken over the over the weekend. Hence why I just couldn't record one on Sunday. I was like, this is not gonna happen. And then tonight, I've just been like, I've done, I've done two calls today, and they went fine. I still don't feel amazing, but anyway, let's get over that. And it's highly contagious. So Laura wants nothing to do with me, and I can't even kiss my daughter. So. What a great life Gordon's did, living did, right did now. Did Olivia have it as bad as you, or have you had it the kind of worst? No, I, so, so I have absolutely no idea where it would come from otherwise, because it's a viral infection, right? It's not a bacterial one. So I honestly don't know. Like, yeah. I, like lo, Olivia had a little bit of something, like her eyes were just a little bit pussy, but sometimes it's just kids, right? They get something. But that could have been it, and I could have been kissing her, or I could have like cleaned the pus out and then wiped my eyes. I have, honestly I have no idea. But either way, it's friggin broken me so any dads out there peace up like it's <laughs> god they said having kids is fun I tell you at least at least 50 percent of it you're ill yeah I, i'd second that like just continue and wait wait till you get like rounds of sickness bugs where you you and laura are both vomiting that's horrendous i can't wait so if anyone's listening to this don't have kids then um you know it's great until you have them I think we've got an episode about why why you should have kids. <laughs> That's a good... We should do an episode about that, Neil. Why you should have kids. I mean, we can't really nasal gaze it and be like, hmm, we should have children. Um, but maybe we should do it. We haven't done that one. It seems like a fitting one for developing dads. Yes. Anyway, to take right. us back a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. So these, these have definitely been the most hectic two weeks of the year so far. Like, hands down, the most hectic. Um... So let's take us back two weeks. So it's Monday the 13th of March. So two weeks from today, I uh, was I looked after Olivia all day. So once a week, I look after Olivia and that's my daddy daycare day, which is, which is actually amazing. I, I, you know, I think I take it for granted a little bit. And sometimes I look at it as like a job, but I don't know, but I don't know many dads, you know, that, that get that opportunity one, one day in the week where it's just you and your daughter or your son or your kid. It's pretty sick. Like that's yeah, pretty cool. Nice. So anyway, that's that Monday was my day. So I looked after Olivia all day, and you know anyone who has got children, it's 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 not the easiest thing. It's not the hardest. It's not the easiest. You know, you've got to entertain them and do stuff with them and move them around, and you you basically your entire day is just taken up by entertaining them, and uh, you're going to try and get dinner ready for for when Laura comes home or whatever else. But she was away in Paris. No, she wasn't away in Paris. She was here. But anyway, I had to get dinner ready. Just being the you know quintessential house husband that I was on a Monday. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, Olivia goes off to uh, Nana's and Gramps. So she's off there. So on Tuesday, I had a shoot up in Wigan. So, you know, early train journey up, long journey journey back. And then I'm an avid Fulham fan now. Come on, you whites. So I uh, also decided to throw in a Fulham Wolves game, which was ended up being a draw, I think it was. But um, anyway, I was going with Laura's, uh, my father-in-law, so David, and also... Uh, Laura's grand- grandparents so I went to go and watch that fantastic really enjoyed it but it meant we got home pretty late on the Tuesday 
By the way, Neil, if I'm dragging this out a little bit, feel free to tell me to shut up. But <laughs> just, I just want to emphasize how stressed and tired and difficult my <laughs> two weeks have been. So then, um, yeah, I got back pretty late because it was a, a quarter to eight kickoff. So I'm back at the house at like 11, 11 p.m., maybe 11.30 p.m. The next morning, I have to be up at 4 a.m. because I'm off to Columbus, Ohio in America. So uh, that evening, that Tuesday evening, I had to pack my bag, um, pack on my camera kit, all my stuff for four days, Wednesday to Sunday. Is that four days? Yeah. Five days even. Off to Columbus, Ohio. So packed all my stuff. I get up at 4 a.m., get to the airport, you know, two and a half, three hours early, like you should, because that's what you do. And I can't check in. I'm like, oh God, why can't I check in? Maybe they've just like done something wrong. Who knows, right? So I go to one check-in desk and they're like, oh, you need to go to this one. So I go to that one. That person's like, oh, you need to go over to that. If you want to stand in that queue, then <laughs> they'll be able to help you. It's like, oh, great, okay. But that's never a good sign when you're sent over to the second queue. So I go to the desk, I talk to the man. And the man says, oh, you, you don't have a valid ESTA. Because the United States, you need uh, even if you're a British citizen, you need an ESTA thing, which just basically declares you weren't part of the Holocaust. Weirdly, you know. I was born in 1987. wasn't even born when it happened. But either <laughs> no, way, no, that ask, was that's where it came from. Yeah, they ask you all sorts of stuff like, "Are you a drug baron?" You know, uh. like, of course I ticked yes. Stupid. <laughs> so anyway, um, I actually have a valid Esther. Okay, so I was like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. I, I, here's my Esther. I've, I've got it right here. Showed it to him, and he said, "Oh, is this a new passport?" No, a few weeks before this. I had applied and successfully received a brand new shiny passport because I only had six months left on it, right? Now, what I didn't know was that a brand new passport doesn't carry over to the ESTA that you currently have that's valid. So you're supposed to reapply for your ESTA. The only difference is the passport number. Everything else, Gordon Greenhorn, where I live, declaration, the whole lot is exactly the same, just the passport number difference. So I'm at Heathrow Airport, Terminal 5, Shitting my pants. <laughs> Am I going to get on this bloody plane? Almost in tears, I think. Your I did said. almost cry. I did almost cry because this. I wasn't, I wasn't just being dramatic. Let's put it this way. I'd managed to secure... I'd been offered a job to go and film at something called the Arnold Classic, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger has a bodybuilding fitness sports festival thing, which also hosts a probably the second biggest professional strongman event in the world. So I'd been asked and invited by the Stoltman brothers... One of them two-time World's Strongest Man, one of them one-times Europe's Strongest Man, to go and film them behind the scenes, capture all the content. Basically one of these kind of surreal, pinch-me moment things. Like one of my top three, I think, career things I've ever wanted to do. And here I am, with a brand new passport, being told my Esther isn't valid <laughs> to get on a plane. <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> sorry, if I, sorry if anyone doesn't like squaring, but that, that's how I felt. I felt very passionate about it. So I, uh, the man seemed very upbeat about my idea, the idea of me being able to apply for an ESTA, but he said, it does, I do warn you, it can take up to 48 hours. And I was like, well, that's not very helpful, is it? So in my panic state, I go and sit down, fill in the forms, reapply. And here's the thing, it's not like it's a progress bar, right? You know, it's not, it's not like they give you like a minute-by-minute minute update or every 10 minutes they tell yeah. you what, where you are in the queue. You just got to sit and wait. And wait until something happens. So you know what? I think Mo Gauda, maybe you saw this, Neil, when he went to the US and he got stopped. Yeah, and they put into some kind of imprisonment thing or like some kind of 
Yeah. Do you know the story? Can you tell it? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save you from from talking. But yeah, basically, Mo it was flying from Dubai to America, and he got stopped by customs entering America. For uh, I'm not sure the exact reasons, but basically, it wasn't allowed in, into America. And then he was kept in some kind of center, which had like very basic things, like a bed, three meals a day, uh, not not very much daylight himself, just in a room. And then he, he had to return to Dubai after like 72 hours. So it's been like three or four days in this yeah. detention center thing. So I didn't I didn't suffer with that, right? But the, <laughs> the moral of Mo's story was largely around the idea that he kind of went into this place where he's like, I can control the controllables. I can't control the uncontrollables. Seems obvious. So I just kind of like, I, I, I tried to take myself into that position because you can sit and fester and panic and worry and be anxious and angry and you can shout at people and... It, none of this helps because it's just, it, it is what it is. Like there's literally nothing I can yeah. do about it. You know, I didn't know that my new passport didn't carry over to Nesta, but here we are. So I was like, I'm going to go get a coffee. So I went and sat in Nero. I was messaging Laura backwards and forwards, like panicking or whatever else. I didn't tell the Stoltman brothers, didn't tell their business manager, didn't tell anyone apart from Laura. Maybe I think I messaged you. And I just sort of just, I just was like, I'm just going to have a coffee. Like there's nothing I could do. And every sort of 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I just refresh the app or the, refresh the thing and it would say, you know, in progress or whatever it was, you know. And it kind of got to about, I think, half an hour before my check-in gate was going to close. Because I think they close it like an hour before the flight or something stupid like that, right? So I then was like, right, I've got to try and figure out plan B if there's going to need to be a plan B. So I went to find... Um, I don't know how helpful or unhelpful these BA staff are. Like, they're really not kind of... For the level of panic that is in my body, mm. <laughs> to the point where a grown-ass man, 35-year-old grown-ass man, is about to cry, you'd think they'd be a bit more compassionate, a bit more kind of like, I really want to help you. This is this is obviously a terrible situation, you know. But it was more kind of like, this is nothing to do with us. You just need to yeah. go over there. Anyway, so thank you to the very compassionate and helpful BA staff. Fantastic job. So I go to them and I just tell them the situation and they said, you just need to go back to that queue and just hope that you get approved and then hope you can check in. I was like, great, thanks. We all live in hope. <laughs> so I'm in the queue. I go back to this queue, the original queue that I was in when I got told that my Esther thing was invalid. It's quite long now. There's about 10 or 15 people in this queue, couples as well. And I'm refreshing the app. Oh my God, it says authorised. Says authorized. I'm in. I've got my. I've got my Esther. And I was kind of like one of those one of those kids that just found something like the golden ticket, you know, and just started Whoa. waving it around. And I just had to apologize to everyone in the queue and said, "I'm. I'm really, really sorry, but my flight leaves in like less than an hour. I need to check in right now. Can I just go forward?" And I was like, "Sorry, sorry, 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 sorry." Got to the front of the queue, checked in at the check-in desk, did the thing, and then did the crazy bit when I was at security because the security queue, like they stopped people going through the barriers because the security was so busy. And I was just like, look, my flight is in 45 minutes. I need to get through the security gates. So you're like, yeah, yeah, fine. And you go. And then I, as I was doing it, I was like, sorry, 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 sorry. I have to go past everyone, everyone and whatever else. Anyway, it transpires. I get to the gate sooner than the Stoltman brothers. <laughs> so it was me in the, in the airport. So I didn't need to panic. But either way, I made it, got on the flight and then off to Columbus, Ohio. And uh, so, what was the what was the story behind the Instagram account disabling thing? I don't know if I want to admit that on a public forum, Neil. 
<laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's not let's not let's not allow that in the evidence pool because it's not it's not necessary. Just, you know, I just wanted to take some time off Instagram from a mental health. <laughs> right, cool. Um, so you you get to Ohio, get to Ohio, and it's genuinely one of the most surreal moments of one, one t- certainly in like genuine pinch me kind of surreal moments of my life. And it, it, and I, it, I don't, I don't, I don't tend to, to to feel like that very often because I think I've been very privileged to have experienced lots of really cool things in life. But to seriously be at like the biggest sport, the big biggest sort of fitness convention in the world, filming for two time world strongest man, one time Europe's Europe's strongest man, like two of the strongest brothers ever man. to have lived, you know, and I'm I'm there making. YouTube videos. You've only been doing it for what two, three years? I guess professionally, but like I've, uh, you know, I've been playing with a camera since I was like eighteen. Yeah, true. So, but it's just kind of like you know, you just don't know, you just don't know where life's going to take you. You know, and and to to a pigeon, you know, try not to pigeonhole yourself into something too hard, or you know, dig your heels into a certain identity. You know, be as broad with your identification as you possibly can be. Um, be open to new ideas and explore them to being brave with those new ideas and exploring them and I was just kind of there thinking this is you know this is bonkers this is just something that you know I, I guess like morbidly sometimes I think that candidly like sometimes I think about it I'm like I don't deserve this because I'm not necessarily like a special person like I'm not a special, like I'm not a special person in the sense of I don't regard myself as having a super high intellect or an unbelievable creative mind. You know, I'm like, like not a comparative to Steven Spielberg or Elon Musk or any kind of that level. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of like it's quite a negative thing to think about it. But I guess on the positive flip side, it's like, well, if you apply yourself, you know, and you work hard at it, and you keep doing the learn, make, repeat thing, you you'll probably get pretty good at something. Yeah, and yeah. there'll be a moment that you'll never envisage happening. You'll you'll never see it coming. It'll never be written on a bloody goals vision board or whatever else. It'll just be like a dream, nice little. Oh, that'd be fun, and it might happen. And then if it does happen, it blows your friggin' mind. <laughs> um, that being said, it was pretty hectic. Like it was nonstop filming Thursday all the way through until Saturday night. Managing editing content, like it's a proper one-man media company thing where, you know, I've got to make sure all my SD cards are ready, all my batteries are charged, all my equipment's clean and ready to go. I then film all day with it. Then I've got to come back to the hotel, organize the, the all the footage, 100 gigabytes or whatever else, charge all the batteries again, and just rinse and repeat every single day from 6 in the morning to 11 p.m. at night, every single day until I go home Sunday morning when I got up at 4 a.m., got to the airport, and then flew flew home. Um, Mad. Yeah, so and then, what then was what was a highlight? Like one one highlight. One highlight. One. It's not. I guess it's not really a hi- highlight. I mean, it, it, was, it was the first breakfast that we had at the hotel. So I um I came down, met them for breakfast, and obviously there's a bunch of strong men just hanging out together having <laughs> breakfast. And I'm like, oh, I just know you from the telly, and they're all just having like you know casual human candid conversations. But then the one of the weird weird highlights, I guess, is um, so I go up. There's an omelet station, classic, you know, 
buffet-style American breakfast. He got up to the Auburn station, and I was like, can I have this and this and this? And he was like, yeah, absolutely fine. And I kind of stand back, you know, just to let anyone else come in. And I just hear this kind of loud voice behind me. He's like, are you are you waiting, or have you gone already? And I turn around, and it's um, Hapler Bjornsson. Don't know him. So do you know Thor? Wow, yeah. Jesus. So Game of Thrones... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribers on I, know, Instagram. I, I know him as Thor, yeah. Yeah. Six foot nine. Wow. Like, just stood there next to me, getting an omelette. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely mad. Was He He wasn't competing, was he? Was he just there for... He's He's got a comeback coming. Um, but in essence, yeah, it was just like, that's kind of like a weird, surreal moment. Um, and I guess the other, the other sort of slight highlight is just to be in the intimate space of two high-performing athletes, right? getting to film them, everything they're going through, what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, so yeah. Um, the, the other fun bit was when I was coming home on the Sunday morning, so I get to the airport, check in nice and early, as you do, waiting at the gate, walking onto the plane, because we get boarded. This is the first flight from Columbus, Ohio to JFK, because I needed to get two flights. I'm literally walking through the door of the plane. Captain comes out of the cockpit and goes, sorry guys, you need to get off the plane. There's no first officer. I was like, fuck's sake. And I had 50 minutes between my connection at, at, at GFK and get back at London. And then Laura, the next day, was supposed to be going off to Paris to go and do work. And she needed to be off like early in the morning. So I needed to be home on Monday to look after Olivia. And uh, yeah, so I get off and we sit. And she's like, I don't know if it's going to be five minutes or two hours. I was like, well, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I sit down. As I'm literally sitting down, she just comes on again. She goes, oh, it's okay. Everybody on the plane. First officer's here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's two then, close shaves. And then, so I, I arrive just in time as they're boarding the next flight, right? So I get on the flight and we're delayed. Like, it's, it's, something's happening. Apparently, they try to fix something on the plane. They fix it and then they push us back, you know, to start transiting or whatever else towards the runway. We sat there for a bit. Then they realise that they want to check it again. So they bring the plane back into the docking station. That, that, holds, you, that holds you, yeah. Feels, it makes you feel comfortable. Oh, wow. So then, yeah. I got back on that Monday, Monday night at like just past midnight. Got home, got in, got to bed. Got up with Olivia at what, six, half six. Looked after her all day. Then I had a shoot on the Tuesday. Editing on the Wednesday. Shoot on the Thursday. Edit, like editing day off-ish on the Friday. But then I got conjunctivitis. So I conjunctivitis all day. Then today I've got conjunctivitis still. That's it. That's about two weeks now. There you go. Done. Wow. Yeah. What a roller coaster. It started at the top, high, and then now you've just left it to conjunctivitis. Um, well, I guess it's over to me, isn't it? Yeah, if you can top that, Neil, go for it. <laughs> I don't think I can talk it, top it. I, I actually had I, I, no notes from my my weekend my first weekend. Well, I guess I, I guess I did a podcast and you've probably heard what I've been up to. So anyway, the, the last week, what I've been up to, um, was in London all week. So from Tuesday morning, well, not, I say all week, Tuesday morning to, to Thursday, which is really nice. Um, obviously met up, as I mentioned, with Gordon for, for food and drinks. And um, before that, I met up with, um, kind of, a, a, I, I want to call him a friend. Um, we kind of, we met at this like professional convention and, He's um he works for a kind of startup ish kind of software company and 
yeah, just had a, a really good time. I've only met this the second I've met him, but he, he's into ultramarathons. He's got kids, and we're just two guys. And um, yeah, I enjoyed networking with him. It was really good. Then went. To, uh, it'd be interesting to see if you've heard this. Have you heard of Sofa Sounds? Absolutely no, no idea. What are you talking about? <laughs> so this is, it's basically it's a weekly thing in London. It's now in Edinburgh and stuff, other places. But you you pay twenty quid for a ticket. And you don't know who's going to be playing in the in the music venue, and you don't know where the music venue is. So you get like a place in London that you, you know, but you don't know the exact location, and you don't know who's playing. So anyway, m- one of my colleagues was like, "Do you want to come? Come with me, and it'd be good." So the Wednesday night, the night after I met you, we decided to take a tram or a tube to Mayfair. So the location was the kind of name Mayfair. Then we got the address like three hours before, and um, still didn't know who who was playing. Anyway, we got to the location and it was like a women's only co-working space. So this is a bit odd. So anyway, we went in. Um, did, you, did, you, did, you, did you immediately feel left out there, Neil, when it said women only on the door? No, but wait, wait, wait till we get to the story. So <laughs> got in and it was very apparent that we were the only guys in this whole room of about 100, 100 people. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. So we went to the bar, got a drink, found some seats in the corner, and um, and we we suddenly realised it was International Women's Day. So it was a it, not not a specifically women's only event, but yeah, as I said, we're only there were only two two guys there, which was me and my friend Ollie, and the the three acts were they were okay, they were talented in their own ways, but they're all women and. I don't know, you, you get feminist on a scale. And if you think, like, I, I'm okay with, like, the medium to low feminist people, but all these people were just, like, kill, kill the guys, rip off their dicks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Give, me, it, a, give got, me an example of, of how they made you feel uncomfortable. So they um, they did a pop quiz in between the acts, and one of the questions was, if, if, if all guys um, were to disappear for 24 hours, what's the first thing women would do? And they all just sh- started shouting out saying, we'll go for a walk at night. <laughs> wow. You sat there going. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, they, I, I don't know how political I want to make this podcast ever, <laughs> but we've had, we've had problems with that in history, haven't we? Where we've just, we've literally eradicated like large groups of people. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of seen as a bad thing, right? <laughs> But yeah, they all kind of laughed and was cheering. And after every act, they were like, "Yeah, women rule!" And like, wow. there, was, there was a prize for it at the end of the pop quiz. And there's there's this like startup that's got like natural only tampons. <laughs> it's just it was full blown. Like and at the end of it, they're just like, "Yeah, this event's been organised and managed by women. It's another kind of women's only event." Like me and Ollie were just sitting there. Like, do they think we identify as a woman? Like. <laughs> It was just, and we were scared to go up to, to the toilets just in case it was like women only toilets. You're like so. you're like a couple of black guys have told up to turned up to a KKK meeting. <laughs> anyway, the, the the concept's really good, and I think if it wasn't for International Women's Day, which I, I support, but again, there's a scale. I mean, I'm all, like, look, Neil, I I couldn't. I'm, there's been men's clubs for the best part of God knows how long. Like, who knows how long there's been places where men hang out and do men things and where women hang out and do women things and kids hang out and do kids things and I don't know tall people go and do tall things like basketball and short people go and <laughs> do short things right it's it's just kind of that I don't mind that there's absolutely no issues with that whatsoever 
it's just kind of like I've never I've never heard of like a bunch of men doing a pop quiz going, you know what, if we got rid of all the women in the world for twenty four hours, <laughs> you know, what would we do? And they all start cheering. <laughs> and you're just kind of sat there going Wow. <laughs> weird. That's just weird, isn't it? And they're they're all like, I don't know, mid to late no, I'd say like early 30s, the majority of the audience. So they're like, I don't know, quite affluent, Mayfair, quite a nice area. Just weird. Mind-blowing. Anyway, after that, I, so rewind a little bit. On Tuesday morning, I got a message from the CEO of our company that I work for um, asking me to do a big presentation in front of... Um, so the reason I was down in London, I was at a company quarterly. So there's 50 or 60 of us, part of the company, that all go down. Anyway, Craig asked me to do this presentation and I instantly got on the phone to my boss and was like... Is there any way I can get out of this? Because A, I didn't know the subject. B, I, I'm not that confident speaking up in front of like those people I don't know that are a lot kind of higher caliber than me and older than me. And I've, I've got a lot of experience and stuff and a subject I don't even know. And I, 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 I had to read up on. So anyway, I kind of grew a pair of balls and decided to um, to go for it. And not It's a very come- interesting segue you've just made there, Neil. From uh, <laughs> femini- feminists suggesting <laughs> to that a of kill all men for 24 <laughs> hours to then finding your nutsack. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what a choice of words. Incredible. I, I, I apologise to any woman that's listening to this. It's not... Anyway, who cares? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I, I spent the kind of evenings and... Um, the morning of the event, I was in my hotel room looking in the mirror, doing my presentation. Hour and a half, I had to speak for, for uh, with five guests or five groups of people. So it's probably the most intense like public speaking thing I've done. Um, and all the feedback was great. And after it, I felt great, very drained. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a bit of a milestone because now, like once you, once you kind of take that off in your head, it's like running a marathon. If you do a marathon, you, you've suddenly got the confidence to run a marathon and do a bit more. But until you've done that marathon, you're nervous and you're anxious. Well, it's like kind of public speaking or, or getting in your comfort zone about speaking about a topic you've never heard of before. It's like once you do it and you get validation that you've done it well, it kind of, I don't know. Do you find that? Do you, do you get that? I think the comparison between like a marathon and public speaking is kind of interesting because with a marathon, no one just does a marathon. But so, like it's probably more common to see people just jump straight into the ring and do public speaking, right? Yeah, maybe. Like it's not it's not like you just do public speaking to so one person, then two, then three, then ten. You know, like you would run yeah. a mar- you know, you'd run a mile, you'd ride two miles. Yeah, okay, true, 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 true. So yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but like I think there's a part of it comes with age, like age and experience. So it's like I know what I'm talking about, I know what I'm doing. Whether it's to one person or a hundred people. Yeah, but I guess and it depends what the subject is, because the subject I didn't know about. Sure, that's kind of interesting. It was like all um, the questions that I could have were thrown in my head, like what could they ask me, what, what do I need to think about? Yeah, but then that's a sub. You're you're learning about the subject. Yeah, and I've often, I've often taken the attitude of throw me to the lions and see what happens. Yeah, like, what's, what's like in that scenario? You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're, <laughs> Like, What's you know, the worst that can happen? You're not an engineer. Like you know, a bridge is not going to fall down. Someone's going to die of heart failure. Like you could be wrong. Oh no. Yeah. But I can tell you now, if you're wrong, you ain't going to be wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, it's a, it's framing it like that which helps. 
Yeah. So um, yeah, I got to the airport and it was just frazzled. And then I got I got home about midnight and I was lying in bed with my lovely wife. And we're thinking like, what's happening next weekend or what's happening in the week coming? Cause You're going to disappear okay. for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell her about that? What did she think about it? I don't know. If I, have, I don't think I have told her. No. Interesting. Um, it's a f- I'd love to have been there. I... I it just, just to just to like, it was is awkward. that is, is is that like fringe politics or is it like, you know, mainstream? Because I I don't know I don't I don't I don't you know I, it's rare that I walk into a room that's predominantly women. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's more common now. Like, you know, I, I go to sing and sign with Olivia in the middle of the morning, so I'm basically the only bloke in the room. But no one there is telling me that I can't be there. Or that they feel unsafe because I'm sat there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not, it's not really, it's not that captive audience, right? It's not 30 something. Um, that's fast. That's fascinating because <laughs> I, I just, I just find it fascinating because in any, in any other scenario, saying something like, if we got rid of insert group yeah, for 24 hours would be seen as anything like, homophobic transphobic xenophobic uh like it would just be seen as like a horrible thing yeah which you know that that's hate speech surely yeah potentially weird I, i'm probably glad i wasn't there that, that would have ended badly um yeah anyway so i go home from london lying in bed at midnight and we're thinking about the next weekend and rebecca and isla Rebecca's family or, or Rebecca's mum and dad are away to Copenhagen for the weekend, this coming weekend. And we're like, has Rebecca, has Isla got a passport or is it in date? So we're just like midnight, we're looking through our, like our kind of filing system, trying to find the passport. Turns out it was six months out of date. So um, yeah, it, it was just a, a moment of like, what we're going to do. So anyway, we researched it and we can't get like the, instant premium service where there's one if you pay 200 quid you can go somewhere in Glasgow and get a passport the same day but they don't do that for kids so the quickest option I, was 150 I, again like why What's yeah <laughs> so I had to pay 150 pounds and I had to go to Glasgow and hand in documents and for them to post it away for me to wait up to seven days Um, so the seven days finishes on Friday and that's when she leaves. So, have you got it yet? No, because it's only it's only Monday, <laughs> and they don't offer tracking. I'm like, I paid 150 pounds for this, and you're not going to give me some tracking code. <laughs> oh yeah, like anything government related, Neil is. It's you know, I, I I'm still here. Like I still haven't had my curb dropped. I paid for that eight weeks ago. Yeah. It'll take up to 10 weeks. Of course it will. But you'd think it would... It, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. So that was a that was a massive drama. Um, well, at least you discovered now. Yeah, but I just... I, we're kind of... We need to discuss, like, what's going to happen on Friday morning if her passport's still not here. And Rebecca could not, goes... Could you not get a, an accompanied flight out for her? Well, if it comes on the Friday, yeah. Yeah, because cause you could get... You, she can go to the airport on her own and one of the uh, airport staff will I, I doubt she would. <laughs> she would be up for it. Probably not. Um, right. Anyway, we need to cross that bridge when we get to it. Sure. 
Um, what else have I been up to? Oh, I got gifted a trampoline, which is quite oh. nice. Sometimes I think that's just people handing off rubbish. Rubbish. I can't be bothered taking it to the skip. Um, yes, I agree. But this is a, it's like a £400 trampoline that's still got many years left in it. And the kids love it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Fair enough. I'm happy. I'm happy to to spend my morning, and shout out to Callum who who will listen to this. One of my fellow dad friends, he helped me carry it part of that trampoline from our parents' house, which is who, the neighbour that gifted it, all the way to my house because we couldn't get it apart. <laughs> wow, that is that is a strong friendship. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's me and him just yeah logging this thing. So all you're now all you're now missing, Neil, is a couple of guinea pigs and a rabbit. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Like this weekend, it's been so nice. We had no plans, no birthday parties, no things to take kids to. Just yeah, chilled. Weather's been pretty minging, but haven't really left the house much. Went out for actually went out for a family meal, which is always nice. Like we probably do it once a month, once every six weeks. And seeing the kids' faces when they say like, "Oh, we're going to Luca's," which is like a nice Italian that they like. It's got like an ice cream bar and stuff, and they just the, the the kids light up, and it's just like. I don't know if I've given them this massive Christmas present or something. They absolutely love it. So that was quite nice and wholesome. That, that'll, that'll die soon. <laughs> like. I know, but it's, it's nice what lasts. And it's nice that it's not like McDonald's or something. It's like, it's, it's, it's a decent Italian. So, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I mean, we both sound like we've had pretty busy weekends. Neil's been um, standing up for male rights and feminist clubs. And <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, watching... Very large men lift large objects, which is kind of interesting. They are. It's. I. I never thought a human being could be that large. Neil, when that photo came on Instagram of you and the two brothers, you're just like a little kid. <laughs> I know, and you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say I was fat, but I also I'm not particularly like I'm not small. I'm a, you know, a reasonable sized prop. Yeah, and these these two are just like, you know, I mean, Tom's at least double my weight. But when, one thing that scares me a little, well, I don't know, it doesn't scare me, but interests me is like, do they not think of health? Yeah, but the outer echelons of performance, it's not about health, is it? I know, but it's, it's weird to get into that mindset of like shoveling down, I don't know, 10,000 calories. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's probably quite easy because it's not really, you know, it's it, it's health is rarely immediate in its negative side effect or as like it's a it's a slow process of which health consequences come from doing things like that it's never like an immediate one used to it yeah like it's you know people 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 really die from like sudden causes of things they'll die from you know being obese generally speaking in this country you know, people don't die from smoking one cigarette or taking one shot of heroin or one snort of cocaine or it's quite rare even like from an ecstasy perspective, I think not, don't quote me on this please, but I think more people die from being hit by a bus than taking ecstasy. So it's things like that, right? Where I, I doubt it's that. So I think that's a contributing factor. Tom's also really young. Like he's 28, you know, yeah. he's a young man. Um, Is he I the youngest, world's strongest man? I don't actually know. It's a very good question. He might be. 
Because you see them and they're, they're all like, I don't know, at least 40 plus. The majority of them, I think, are pretty old men. Some, yeah. Some do, yeah. Some are in their sort of late 30s. Um, I imagine Luke probably thinks about it a bit more because I think your lack of immortality does kick in as you start to become middle-aged. You know, I think when you hit the closer to that 40 bit, you realise that you're kind of, you're now moving into what is essentially rotting. <laughs> yeah. Very romantic, obviously. But, you know, I might disappear for 24 hours and then the world's a better place, Neil. <laughs> I, st- I still can't believe that. It's just, it's amazing. What a toxic, yeah, what a, what a toxic world. Like, what a toxic mentality to live in where 50% of the people you interact with on a day-to-day basis, like, you you perceive as dangerous. That must be yeah. really hard to live a life like that. When I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure from a statistic perspective, more men are more of a danger to themselves than men are a danger to women. Like more men commit suicide than That'd men quite, kill. Yeah, be quite interesting to start to look at. I think I think I'm right in saying that. I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that more men kill themselves than men kill women on a day to day basis. Neil's googling it. Who knows? I was going to Google like male suicide rates. It's like one every second, isn't it? Something stupid. One every minute. Um, Neil's googling, by the way. If I, uh, if anyone's just listening on the pod, um, <laughs> wait for the uh, wait for the announcement. Uh, how fast can I Google? One hundred and thirty suicides a day for men. My goodness, is that worldwide or is that UK? Yeah, 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 worldwide. Yeah, I think it's it's over a thousand. It's over a thousand a year in the UK. It's like one thousand three hundred in the UK. Wow, so that's three a day, nearly two and a half a day. And I'm, I'm uh, I'd, 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 if I'm wrong, I'll be stand absolutely stand corrected. And without doubt, I do not have to mention this regularly, but I feel I have to in this moment is that I am happy to change my mind. I am not dogmatic in my views. If anyone wants to have a discussion about it, I'm more than happy to. But, you know, I don't think two and a half women a day die at the hands of men. In the UK. Yeah. In the UK. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so that, to me, means that if women in that room think that men are dangerous, 50% of the people they interact with on a day-to-day basis are so dangerous that they can't go out at night. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, that, <laughs> that really surprised me. It'd be fascinating to see what you were... Uh, did anyone talk to you? Did anyone say, like, say hello? Not a word. Zero. Were they talking was, to each other? Yeah, me, me and Ollie talked to each other, yeah. No, but, but any, were the women talking to each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other attendees? Oh, right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was, it was... Yeah, you did feel like we shouldn't have been there. That's bad, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like... There should if be no environment like, where you're not inclusive. No. Like, no. I, I get it. There's probably some things that physically men are more capable of doing because we're bigger, stronger. That's just one thing. But, you know, that's why we don't play rugby. <laughs> like, women and women don't play rugby together. But, Jesus, like, to not feel to not feel like you belong there or you are allowed to be there, let alone belong, allowed. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, I know, I know there's an International Men's Day and stuff, but 
I do feel like International Women's Day gets a hell of a lot more press and a hell of a lot more events and a hell of a lot more... Maybe that's conjecture. Like, I, I can't... I, d- I don't think I want to really kind of go down that route. Maybe it yeah. does, maybe it doesn't. That, that's here nor there. Um, I think I'm I'm more interested in, like, this... <laughs> this this, uh, this thing at this uh, thing you went to. What, what, what other questions were on the pop quiz? Um, so things like... When was the f- when was a female allowed to open a bank account in the, in the UK? It's like nineteen seventy or something. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, the other one was like that's very bad. When was the when was it okay for a woman to go out on a drink on her own and pay with her own money or something? And it was like oh yeah, nin- yeah, nineteen eighties. Yeah. So like yeah. yeah, there's there's some really bad stuff. Yeah, there, like there's absolutely no there's there's no deniability on that, Neil. Like the the way that the laws were structured in this country uh, largely be- benefited the man. Yeah, N- no question yeah. about that. But we also live in 2023 <laughs> with one of the fairest and most equal societies in the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. do we have to keep repeating the failings of our fathers? You know, and 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 we have to take the bl- brunt of it. You know, we have to sit there and feel small and uh, un- like unwelcome yeah yeah like exactly. that just that causes exactly that causes that. that causes like divide and animal like you're coming away from this going holy shit do women really think about men like that i don't yeah i'm pretty sure my wife doesn't say that about me like i'd hope if they if they said oh if all men disappeared for 24 hours what would you do she'd go i wouldn't want that it's my husband <laughs> Not cheering and shouting. <laughs> Shout things like walk out, walk outside at night. Anyway, will, will, will we wrap it up for this random dad chat? All right, yeah. episode of what we've been up to. Well, by the end of you've this, we might have got we might have got cancelled. You've been in better form than 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 I thought you would have been. Well, if anyone's watching on YouTube, you can see what my eyes look like. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. It's a bit of a random random episode but hopefully we can get it out for tomorrow morning that'd be good as may, as always you can follow us on our show, socials Instagram doesn't get updated we know that but now Gordon um, drop us a message we hold on do not include me in your lack of uh, attention <laughs> see when I did the solo episode you should listen to the end of it because I was like Gordon can't give me give me shit for this <laughs> um, anyway yeah you can drop us a message or give us a, a leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to. Greatly appreciated. And as I mentioned, like I seem to be getting more feedback now than I ever have. So it's good to good to hear. It's great. Like there's there's no part there's no part of this process that I don't enjoy. So you know, I'm glad that I was at least well enough to because I honestly was absolutely floored. Like Saturday and Sunday, not not happening. Um but I'm glad we got something out and we didn't put too much pressure on ourselves to uh, to get something out. I did get a message today saying, where's the pod? It's a sad day. I'm like, I know. <laughs> well, interesting. If you look at the downloads, there's been a few downloads today of just like random ones. They would have probably come back and been like, where's this episode? Oh, I need some Neil and, Neil and Gordon in my ear holes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to listen to one random one from years ago. <laughs> anyway, we we'll need to get another episode scheduled this week so we can get on top. We need to really try and get two, two in a week sometime. So we yeah, we need to get back up to our have um, a backup. Yeah, our backup week because it that just that, that again just makes us feel so much better about everything. Yeah. All right, Neil. Cool. I hope Cheers. you get better soon.
Bye. Bye.